Dave and Darren in the morning. Here's the Top 5 Things podcast. It's a review of what we got done on our morning show, which is every morning, well, weekday mornings, from 5.30 until, what are we, until 10? You sure about that? Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure. Since when are you guys back on the air? It's been four years. Hmm. Right? Yeah. Almost four almost, years? Almost four years. We're recording this for you on Friday, March 1st. Next time uh, we have a new month, April 1st, it'll be our 20-year anniversary, How buddy. about that? I know. What kind of a what kind of big party should we have? Uh, some sort of 20-year spooktacular. That's, I, I love it. The podcast is brought to you by Nature's Treatment on Illinois of Illinois. They are the only locally owned dispensary. They have two locations, Tech Drive in Milan and West Main Street in Galesburg. They're open seven days a week. Both dispensaries offer recreational cannabis, and Milan offers medicinal, including topicals for localized pain. Getting into it with number one. One. Number one. Number one. Number one. And this should be obvious. Okay, number one. Number one. 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 Number one. Couple of Florida stories this morning, and uh, oh boy, this uh, I'm gonna issue a hang on to your cat warning here because Florida. Start with the lighthearted story. They held the Florida Man Games over the weekend. Boy, down in St. Augustine, uh, they call it here the most insane athletic showdown on earth. Well, yeah, part of it, right? They're looking to have a little fun with the state's reputation for all the stories that you hear here on Dave and Darren in the morning, and I imagine every other morning show in America where, uh, you know, the, these Florida people, they're just, they're, they're different. They just have a real zest for living. Stories that involve drinking and gunfire and reptile wrangling and, you know, antics. The games kicked off Saturday with a star-spangled banner being played on electric guitar, naturally. Spectators sipped on canned beers behind metal barricades and cheered as teams battled in contests inspired by real events from across the Sunshine State. Uh, There was a barbecue pork and sausage eating contest. One event had people dueling in muddy waters in an inflatable pool, pummeling each other with weapons made out of duct tape and pool noodles. Do you think they had the staring contest? Another was a theft simulation relay in which competitors raced while totting a pair of bicycles, copper pipes, pipes, and catalytic converters. I think the staring contest would have been better. (laughs) This... This seems like it was a lot of fun. Spectators paid $45 a piece to watch this. Wow. This is, uh, they say, stupidity occurring on the grandest, most spectacular scale. The organizer of the event said he expected ticket sales to exceed 5000 He said he was stunned to find that nobody else had thought of this idea. What's 5,000 times 40? That's a, that's a pretty good day. Good payday. Yeah. Meanwhile. Although that's what he was expecting. In Jacksonville, Florida. Guy had 150 live bugs pulled out of his nose. Bugs 
in his nose. That would be satisfying. A hundred and fifty of them. Did he put them there? He says, over a couple hours, my face just started swelling. My lips swelled and I could hardly talk. My whole face felt like it was on fire. He says he started to feel off in October of last year. Something's not right. I don't know, man. I feel I just feel like I'm not 100%. This guy who's uh, not being named because he had 150 bugs in his nose and maybe doesn't want that to be the first thing that comes up when he's on Google. Hey, Cliff, aren't you the guy that had 150 bugs pulled out Did of his nose? Did he ever attempt to blow his nose? He says he began feeling off in October of last year. This guy said he had neuroblastoma 30 years ago, which resulted in the removal of a cancerous tumor in his nose and left him with an extremely compromised immune system. He said that when he was feeling these symptoms last fall, it wasn't until last week that his face started to swell up. He says, I was getting constant nosebleeds. I couldn't even get up to go to the bathroom without my nose starting to bleed. Finally, he goes to a hospital there in Jacksonville. He says, when I went in for an examination, the doctor says, I see movement. That's not what you want to hear. What do you mean you see movement? Things are moving around in your nose, bro. Dr. David Carlson was on call that night. He, he tells First Coast News down there in Jacksonville, quote, thankfully he prompted me to take a closer look at the nosebleed, so we took a camera and looked in the nose, and that's when things dramatically changed. Why did he have to prompt you? <laughs> what, what would your ex- examination would have looked like without him saying something? The images of the camera showed baffled the doctor dozens and dozens of bugs alive and feeding on the inside of this guy's nose and sinus cavity. The doctor says here when they feed, they also create excrement. Larvae shed tissue and excrement that creates a toxic environment that creates the inflammation because there was a significant abnormality in that nose. I don't know, man. Everything everything smells like bug poop to me. It's the weirdest thing. Can't How about you? It. These were not microscopic bugs, by the way. Doctor says here, quote, size-wise, there's variations, but the larger ones were as big as the end of my pinky. I knew he was in trouble. There was erosion that was occurring near the skull base. And in very close proximity to his eye and his brain. How do you not feel that? There were certain larvae inside the nose that were scurrying around and looking for places to feed, and others that had burrowed into tissue. What do you mean they're feeding? <laughs> on his on his head, man. He says we tried to remove them with suction, the doctor says. We tried to remove them with suction, but it clogged the suction. They were large enough that I couldn't get them with the suction. We ended up having to remove them one by one using different instrumentation. And it hurt because they were not coming willingly either. They're fighting us. 150 bugs in the larva stage were pulled out of the patient's nose. I mean, you can't put a bug bomb in someone's nose, can you? We're going we're gonna to bug bomb him. <laughs> Just his nose, though. Can't, you can't put a roach motel in someone's nose, right? Fly strip. 
Jeez Louise. This is the most horrifying thing I've ever read in my life. I just don't know how you don't know something's wrong. This is what's even more puzzling. 150 bugs pulled out of this guy's nose. They've all been sent off to an epidemiologist to determine what kind of bugs they are. Well, we don't even know what kind of bugs these were. They were right up against his skull base, right under the brain, and they had gone through that, and they would have killed him. The patient says he has no idea how these bugs got at his nose. Are you sure about that? But he says it is possible that he wasn't as diligent as he should have been when it comes to washing his hands after handling dead fish. You know, I think about it. When I handled dead fish, I don't wash my hands probably as good as I'm always handling dead fish. Do you do you eat it? Oh, no. I just like to handle dead fish. Nothing like, nothing like uh, you, ever, you ever go fish juggling? Oh, that's a good time. Yeah, these, uh, these doctors say in 20 years they've never seen anything like this, and nothing like this has ever been documented in the United States. They say they don't want to cause a widespread panic. Most of us have an immune system that's strong enough to kill most parasites when they try to enter the body. But because of what this guy went through 30 years ago, they think his immune system wasn't up yeah. to the challenge. So one bug gets in his nose. Yeah, I feel I feel relatively safe that this won't happen to me. I know, right? The patient says he enjoys fishing and will continue to fish, but with more health measures in place. Quote, I know that I have to change my lifestyle as far as I handle fish. Before, I would rinse my hands in the river. Now I'll use cleaner and do a better job and not touch my nose or my hand. Well, that sounds like growth. The patient was given an anti-parasitic as well as a special anti-parasitic rinse to clean his nose, and he's going to have to go now three, four times a year to get checked out. Yeah, I'm here to make sure there aren't any bugs in my nose. I'm not the cleanest person in the world. I can admit that now. The doc says this neuroblastoma from 30 years ago is what caused the open spaces in this guy's sinus cavity, combined with his severely weakened immune system, that created an environment suitable for parasites to grow when not treated. So, yeah, one in a, one in a million. Woo! I just... I know I have to make lifestyle I think changes. if I had one bug in my nose, I'd feel it. <laughs> Can I tell you this? I'm certain you would. I tend to believe that. I think if there was a living creature moving inside your face, yeah. that would be the sort of thing you'd pick up on. Maybe he has reduced sensation after that. Well, the, that, could, that could be. He must, right? He has to. Because 150 bugs in your nose, you'd think that'd be something you'd notice. Or like when you blow your nose. Wouldn't you just... And you look at the Kleenex, yeah. you wouldn't notice that there's a, a, a bug in there? Do you ever blow your nose? Uh, that's another lifestyle change I'm going to have to make. <laughs> Listen, I don't, I'm not much for nose blowing. Here's what I like to do. Fish, handle fish... Rinse my hands in the river. That's the end of the list. And then stick my I've told fingers you, up my nose. I've told you everything there is to know about me. I'll tell you what I'm good at. <laughs> my interests are few. Fish handling, nose picking. End of list. Very passionate. Thank you once again. Florida.
that's what's going on down in America's Wang. Number two. Number two. <laughs> Number two. Number two. 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 The TV show 911. It was canceled by Fox and then picked up by ABC. Mm-hmm. This happens sometimes. One network says no thanks, and another network says, well, we'll take it. So the new season of 911, we, we keep seeing promos for it because yeah. we watch Good Morning Quad Cities and Good Morning America with the sound down here, and we're doing the show in the Away Coffee Company studios on North Brady Street. And we keep seeing the the season premiere, I guess March 14th is when 911 returns. Mm-hmm. And it looks like uh, for the seventh season of 911, uh, the, the folks at the fire station there in Los Angeles are dealing with a cruise ship sinking in the middle of the ocean? How is that their responsibility? Now, is that what this show is? It's just ridiculous scenarios? It's You know what it is, 911? It's kind of like a wink. Like. It's, it's like the show, I mean, I've, I've talked about this forever, one of my all-time favorite shows growing up, Emergency. Yeah. It's like that. Except to a, a degree that is almost Nth irresponsible, degree. right? Right. Like what were you saying? Like, <laughs> like the original, uh, the de- the pilot or the debut had a uh, the 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 pilot wheel. Well, the well, the I think that might have been nine one one Lone Star. Oh, that's the okay. spinoff with Rob Lowe, <laughs> where there was a carnival and a, a Ferris wheel broke loose and was rolling around town. The the pilot of this show, I believe, that was where. Um, a baby accidentally got flushed down a toilet. What? Yeah. I'm looking hey, here. Come on. I'm looking here. It's, so they're having a good time. I don't, but see, I don't think they think they're having a good time. I don't feel like they're in on the joke. Well, they gotta be. I don't know joke. that they are, man. I think that they think that this is, this is all, you know, this is I'm in the middle television. of the ocean and... There's been an explosion, and this giant luxury liner is starting to capsize. And I call 911. <laughs> How do you get a signal? Could you send a fire truck? We're 300 miles truck. out in the Pacific Ocean. And then the thing about it is, I think they show. Yeah. Well, they get there, though. They do. <laughs> they get there. They're, they're responsible for saving <laughs> everyone. Oh, I guess I... Here are some episodes of these are actual episodes of the show nine one one. All right, uh, episode entitled "Next of Kin." Mm-hmm. This would have been the third episode of the first season. Yeah, that was the one where a bouncy house got. There were kids playing in a bouncy Did house. It took off in the air. <laughs> the wind took it up. <laughs> no. And it got this, into the jet stream. Dispatch gets a call from a child's birthday party. A man fixing an inflated bounce house along with children gets swept away into the sky by gusty winds. The emergency response like team Falcon. now finds itself tracking a flying party box, which is now taking an aerial tour of Los Angeles. Okay, so they are having a good time with it. Well, that actually has happened a couple of times. Yeah. How about this? Episode one, the season premiere of season two. Entitled Under Pressure. Dispatch. I Jennifer Love Hewitt's the one who takes the phone calls, right? Okay. In this episode, we get introduced to the character Maddie, played by Jennifer Love Hewitt. I guess she wasn't in the first season. She gets a, a call about a group of friends 
who have been trying, trying to film a video hoping it will go viral. They are trying to encase one of their friends' heads in cement inside a microwave. <laughs> who, who agrees to that sort of thing? Even though a tube was sticking out of the cement for the victim to breathe, the attention-grabbing scheme does not go to plan, and the responders are forced to open up the microwave by smashing the newly cemented block off the victim's head. They then have to resuscitate the poor guy. The scene ends with Bobby, the, uh, the fireman, kicking the vlogger's phone into a pool, destroying now, all of the footage. Now, Jennifer Love Hewitt, she is the dispatcher. Yeah, she's she there to answer the calls, answer right? Answer the call. Mm -hmm. Is she also a, a mistress to high-end... Uh, uh, or do I have these shows? That's a different up? show. You're thinking of the girlfriend experience. That's a different television show. But maybe they could mix the two. Wait a minute. That wasn't the name of that show. No, that was a different show. That was another TV show. What was the show where Jennifer Love Hewitt was a prostitute? What was that? Oh, you, you get me confused. Couldn't she do both? Pilot episode. Uh, that was, uh, that was a, a, a whirlwind, that first episode. You had a, uh, a python strangling someone to death, a pet, a snake owner being strangled by her own pet. In a bouncy house. <laughs> but the storyline of a newborn baby needing to be extracted from a toilet takes the cake. Boy. A panicked teenage mother prematurely gives birth to a baby. She flushes the newborn down the toilet. <laughs> I, why aren't we watching this? When's it on again? <laughs> March 14th is the next uh, season premiere. Yeah, and the thing is, she the, the the teen mother who flushes the baby down the toilet is not the one who calls nine one one. It's a guy in a neighboring apartment, and he's really stoned. <laughs> when he hears crying coming from the toilet, he's like, "Wait a minute, man! That shouldn't be that shouldn't be going on." Season one, episode two was uh, an episode entitled "Roller Coaster from Hell." Uh, that was somebody getting thrown out of a roller coaster. They say that happens more often than you Someone might think. Someone got launched in a porta potty too. That might have been the the Lone Star one. Nine one one Lone Star. Yeah. How about this? Nine one one Lone Star. Like the porta potty ends up on the Ferris wheel uh -huh. or something. In this episode of Nine One One Lone Star, entitled Studs. <laughs> Dispatch gets a call from a cow breeding facility. A farmer is trying to obtain the stored semen of a bull that recently passed away. The owner of the business, knowing how much that bull meant to the farmer, raises the price in order to take advantage of the man's emotions. The owner of the insemination factory upsets the man. The factory is then set on fire causing different chemicals and certain liquids to explode all over the place. You don't want that. The bull semen is apparently stored around highly explosive materials. <laughs> like you do. Oh, no. How about this? 911 Lone Star, Season 2, Episode 6, Everyone and Their Brother. You watch a, a man choke to death for eating too much peanut butter. The person experiencing the peanut butter merge of emergency is a conjoined twin. 
There are no bad ideas. Oh, no. Oh, no. There are no bad ideas. Knowing that the team isn't going to arrive on time, the dispatch has to help the non-choking twin. <laughs> Hello, I'm a conjoined twin. My, my sibling is choking to death from eating too much peanut butter. Could you send someone right away? Who are you going to send? It's, it's Mr. Peanut? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll be there in a jiff. <laughs> Consider yourself zing. Knowing that the team isn't going to arrive on time, Grace's helpful verbal directions are comically peppered with an unusual conversation with the non-choking twin, she learns that although these twins are attached at the head, they haven't been too close lately. <laughs> okay, that's enough. That's great. That's just good writing. That is good We're writing. We're fused at the head, but lately we haven't been too close. Uh, no. Thankfully, the focus professionalism of Grace through the... Uh, the focus progressionalism, she's able to properly instruct the twins on how to handle the situation. Oh, my God. That's great. What is your guy's favorite Journey song? <laughs> I think we'd agree on separate ways. Uh, oh, that's just too much. Uh -huh. Okay, I was not aware of all this. Yeah, this sounds like a show that we absolutely yeah, we need, need to, to watch. Spotlight uh-huh. And then there's one, uh, Friends with Benefits, getting a call from someone who refers to himself simply as Imp. Great. Great. That's weird enough, but the strangest gets even more bizarre when Imp explains on 911 that he and his master are being attacked by a swarm of bees living inside the walls of their home. Master is allergic to bees. <laughs> The team arrives, the heroes find that the imp is frantically trying to untie himself from the bondage that Master put him in. <laughs> this, requires, guests over. this requires imp to dislocate his own shoulders to slip out of the restraints. <laughs> the 911 operator then takes on the role of dominatrix and orders the imp not only to I pop see. out his own shoulders, but to also stab his master with an EpiPen See, we got to start watching this show. Yeah. There's no question about it. We're. <laughs> I just want to see how they get, get get the fire truck out to the middle of the ocean. Three. All right, number three. Number three. Number three. 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 When I was running an errand over the weekend, I saw that the Powerball and Mega Millions were up to a respectable number. And I considered getting a ticket, but then I didn't. And then I, I kind of had this feeling like, by not getting a ticket, I just won $3. <laughs> Does that make any sense? I, I'm not going to win $300 million, that. but I'm not out the 3 bucks that ticket would have cost so, me. So what did you spend the $3 on? I just put it, I kept it in my pocket. Spent it on nothing. Now, do you pay attention to days where you don't spend any money? Yeah, I've been starting to do that. Yeah, where it's basically, I, this is going to, I'm going to try to do a no-spend day today. Mm -hmm. 
Although I found that those are the days where things always kind of conspire and you don't yeah. have a choice. Yeah. You have to spend money on non-sexy things. Down in Kentucky, there's a guy who spent three months thinking he threw out a Powerball ticket worth 50 grand. But then he came across it by chance in a company car. He's been kicking himself for Where three months. Where is that? Where is it? I had a Powerball ticket it? worth 50 grand and I can't find it. Mark Perdue tells the Kentucky lottery officials that he bought a ticket. This would have been for a drawing on October 30th. Down in Bowling Green, he bought it at a convenience store. He says, a week later, I go back to the store to buy a Diet Mountain Dew. When the owner tells me, congratulations, I said, for what? And he said, you won the lottery. I said, I wish. She said, you did. I've got you on video. What? So the, the Kentucky Lottery must have told his convenience store, hey, somebody won 50 grand. Yes. Okay, let's go check this out. Sent a clip of the video of him buying the ticket. There he is. Then when this guy comes walking in, they're like, hey, congrats. Regular customer. He had no idea. So he goes home. He's like, where's that ticket? He and his wife tear the house apart. Of course you would. And then they realize, we probably threw it away. Oh, my gosh. Speaking of throwing away uh, lottery tickets, I found a scratch-off on my sidewalk yesterday. Well, it's probably not worth anything. Well, that's what I thought. But then, and I threw it out. And then I thought, wait a minute. I got to double check this <laughs> just in case. You know you can do that with your phone. Well, you can also do it with my eyes. Oh. I just looked at it because they had all it scratched it well, all Well, of course off. it wasn't worth anything. So you went back into the garbage to get an already garbage ticket to look at it to make sure it was well, garbage. Just to double check. All right. And it was not a winner. This guy down in Kentucky says, I've been beating myself up for three months thinking I threw this ticket away. I did throw a ticket away, but it was an older ticket. And then I convinced myself that maybe it was this ticket. But you're thinking to yourself, I know I didn't throw it away. He says he, 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 was, he was at his job. He went to check out the condition of a company car for someone else to use. Because he had used that car, and he's like, I was the last one to use that car. He's not thinking about the lottery ticket no, anymore. No. But he's like, oh, someone else is going to use the company car. I better make sure. I better go. I better clean it up, just make sure I didn't leave any you know, trash or something in the back seat. Things. He says he opens the door to the company car. There it is. And there the ticket is sitting on the front seat. He says, I looked down, and I saw it. I picked it up, and I saw October 30th, and I said, that's my ticket. This company car clearly isn't, isn't one not that gets used, used a lot. lot. Yeah. yeah. The ticket must have fallen out of his pocket the last time he drove the car in October. He says, I don't know how long it might have sat there if I Boy, didn't need the car. you make that phone call to your wife, though. Mm -hmm. I got it. I got it. He says he gets the ticket. And, and I think this is a very natural and very honest thing for him to say. He says he, he, he picks the ticket up. He realizes it's the $50,000 ticket. He says his whole body just started shaking. Sure it would. And then he immediately takes a picture of the ticket and sends it to his wife. I got it. Uh-huh. The wife says she was very relieved. They are now going to uh, take a vacation with this prize money. She says, uh, what do you want to do with the money? I didn't tell her right away. And, uh, <laughs> it's like, well, before he could answer, what do you want to do with the money? She says... What are you going to do with the money? 
You've only had three months to think about it. Because oh, yeah, but what doing, would you have done? Doing, what would you have done with the money is different from what will you do with the money. Those are different questions. They are different things. What would I do with imaginary money versus yeah. what I actually do with real money? Very, they can be the same thing, but I think more often than not, you'll find those lists are very different. In terms, how about of a little of this, a little bit of that, <laughs> a little bit of this? Uh huh. We sprinkle it a little bit here. Little song. Little dance, a little seltzer in your pants. The Mega Millions jackpot. Yes, yeah, last time I looked at it, it was more than five hundred million dollars. Hmm. Where are we at now? We still do we still not have a winner in the Mega Millions? Is that that's the one that's bigger right now than the uh, Powerball? I believe. Yes, congratulations. Mega Millions is now the eighth highest on record, and it is growing, friend. Mega Millions right now estimated top prize, uh, $563 million. That's the eighth highest jackpot on record. Mega Millions is the one that uh, back in August of last year went to $1.6 billion. So this current one, $563 million. It's the eighth largest Mega Millions. Yeah. if Boy, would that drive you nuts. You walk into the into the convenience store and they recognize you because they've been waiting for you to walk in the door because they have video of you buying the winning lottery ticket. Funny story. I can't find that ticket. Oh, <laughs> you. $50,000. Someone thought this was a good idea. A Willy Wonka immersive experience for children. Really? Bring the kids to the Willy Wonka immersive experience. Have you ever seen that movie, bro? That is not a place to take kids. No, they keep eliminating them. <laughs> right? Yes. Don't they? Yes. Charlie only wins the factory. Because he's, he's the last the, one standing. He's the last kid that doesn't get murdered by that chocolatier. Families purchase tickets to something called a Willy Wonka immersive experience. Inspired by the movies, these people were told to expect a, quote, chocolate fantasy like never before. Oh, I don't know about any of this. A journey filled with wondrous creations and enchanting surprises at every turn. But the promised giant mushrooms, chocolate fountains, and audio and visual effects were apparently non-existent. You paid a bunch of money to bring your kid to this Wonka immersive experience, and the whole thing was a ripoff. This happened in the Scottish city of Glasgow, where police got called to a warehouse over the weekend by angry parents demanding refunds. Get over here! Uh, <laughs> we'd like our money back. Wrong, sir. Wrong. I said good day. Cops got called to this warehouse by angry parents demanding refunds. One attendee said organizers, quote, sold a dream and delivered a nightmare. (laughs) Ticket holders arrived to find a sparsely decorated warehouse with a scattering of plastic props, a small bouncy castle, and some backdrops pinned up against the wall. 
One attendee described a disorganized mini maze of randomly placed oversized props, a lackluster candy station that dispersed a single jelly bean per child. <laughs> wow. I love this. Every kid gets one jelly bean. What? There was also, it says here, a terrifying chrome-masked character that scared a lot of the kids to tears. Hey, how would you kids like to cut off the head of a chicken? Why is Destro here? What's with the, the chrome-faced man? I don't remember him from the movies. A man hired to play Willy Wonka confirms actors were told to give each child one jelly bean and a quarter of a cup of lemonade. <laughs> Those are your marching orders. <laughs> and the actor that was hired to play Willy Wonka also says that there was, quote, no chocolate at the chocolate experience. <laughs> Well, kids. I wish I could take my kids to this. Consider it a learning experience. This is the best thing I've ever heard. <laughs> the complaints were enough that organizers at the London-based House of Illuminati canceled the two-day event within hours of opening. But ticket holders kept showing up unaware that the event had been closed. We're here. Look, if you buy your kids... Tickets to something thrown by the House of the Illuminati in a warehouse? <laughs> That's on you. Yeah, probably. probably. One, one woman arrived with her eight-year-old daughter, only to learn the event was canceled from other ticket holders. She says there wasn't any notice at the door or on the website. Quote, we were just staying, talking with people, others arriving and arriving, and the crowd became angrier. Some people had traveled significant distances and demanded travel costs to be refunded in addition to the $45 ticket price. Oh, my gosh. In a statement, the organizers, the good people at the House of Illuminati, House of Illuminati. Good God. Come on. Okay, everybody, we're the House of Illuminati, and... Uh, what Listen, mi so? mistakes were made, all right? We're, we're willing to admit that uh, this Willy Wonka thing got away from us. Uh, they say ticket costs will be refunded within 10 days. It shouldn't take that long. You're not. We're gonna, we're let me, uh, we're trying to buy some time. Let me, <laughs> let, me just, let me just clue in these parents. You're never going to see your money again. 10 not days. Not that money. Quote, this is the people at the House of Illuminati. Quote, just give me 10 days. We planned a fabulous event, and it just did not take shape as planned. And for that, we are truly sorry. We tried our best to continue on and push through, and now realize we probably should have canceled. First thing. We weren't that prepared. <laughs> it doesn't sound like you did have. An awesome event. When there's no chocolate at the chocolate experience? Job one. <laughs> Job one. Get some chocolate. <laughs> the Willy Wonka-style chocolate experience was advertised 
with AI-style images. I'm looking at the pictures here. It's like there's a candy cane and a lollipop, and that's it. Enjoy. A place where your chocolate dreams become reality with an enchanted garden, an imagination lab, and a mind-expanding projection and optical marvel we call the Twilight Tunnel. The Imagination Lab is just an empty room where, imagine something. (laughs) Imagine if your parents read the fine print before they loaded you in the car and took you to an empty warehouse. That's imagination. (laughs) Come with me and you'll see that your parents aren't paying close attention. Disclaimer on their website clearly states this experience is in no way related to the Wonka franchise, which is owned by the Warner Brothers Company. (laughs) One Facebook uh, post here, a guy who took his kids to the event called it an absolute shambles, (laughs) saying the event was described as a great day out for the kids, but shortly after arriving, he noticed a line of people that were just waiting to complain. So, yeah, they had AI images, so it looked like this incredible, yeah. you know, chocolate experience, and you get there, it's just an empty uh, warehouse. None of this is real. <laughs> 45 bucks to get in. Per ticket. Mm-hmm. As for promises of chocolate fountains, your kids are going to get a jelly bean apiece and a quarter of a cup of lemonade. <laughs> and by that, we mean a Dixie cup. <laughs> quarter of a Dixie cup. House of Illuminati saying in their Facebook post on Saturday night, quote, Today's been a very stressful and frustrating day for many, and for that we are truly sorry. We fully apologize for what has happened, and we'll be giving full refunds to each and every person that purchased tickets. In 10 days. <laughs> 10 days is just enough time for us to be... To fold the tent and get out of here. <laughs> Good luck finding us, dummies. You can't kill what you can't catch. <laughs> Number five. 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 Number five. I don't know a ton about the Grateful Dead. And what little I do know is about the band that existed in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and early part of the 90s. Yeah, the actual Grateful Dead. What what they're calling, uh, you know, the Grateful Dead these days. What do they call it? Dead and Company? Yes. So I was not... Oh, I think that might even be going into a, a name change. Oh, is that right? Because then that way you can say this is the last Dead and Company show, but now we're going to call it something else. I see. I see. And essentially, this John Mayer has co-opted the Grateful Dead, right? He, he's inserted he, himself, and he's now... He's, he's in on it, yes. Yeah. Do, are you familiar with the name Jeff Chiamenti? Jeff Chiamenti. Does that mean anything to you? No. If you're a deadhead, it means everything. I didn't know who this cat was. Uh, Jeff Chiamenti here is a... Well, he's 55 years old. And he has been working with the Grateful Dead and been playing with Bob Weir and Rat Dog since 1997. Keyboard player. Yes, he plays keyboards. He's been on every tour of the Dead and further. He also plays with Dead and Company. So he's the keyboard player for, again, what is the Grateful Dead, but it's not. Dead and Company which is the lineup of former Grateful Dead members, Bob Weir, Mickey Hart, 
Uh, is Bill uh, in the uh, band? I think he has been. And then you got your John Mayer and a bunch of other people. So Jeff Chiamenti is huge in Dead and Company. That's important for you to know. This was something that someone posted on the Grateful Dead subreddit yesterday. Yeah. All right? This is for fans of the Grateful Dead. Mm-hmm. Somebody looking for some advice on the Grateful Dead subreddit. Yeah. Advice. I'm meeting up with a deadhead woman I met online, and I told her I was Jeff Chiamenti's piano teacher. <laughs> I don't know anything about the piano, unfortunately. Turns out her dad is in a dead cover band, and he booked a show at his church in her hometown, and her dad wants me to come and play the show. <laughs> oh The show is next weekend. This woman just told me she paid $4,000 to rent the church, and they're going to name... The vacation Bible school after him this summer because of all the money. The dad spent four grand on the to rent the church. And because he gave all the money, they're gonna name the vacation Bible school after him. His wife was furious because that money was supposed to go to their 40th anniversary trip to Alaska. He's actually been staying at the woman I'm talking to online's house because the wife can't believe he pulled this. This woman I'm talking to online is a graphic designer, and her dad paid her to design a poster that features my name prominently. Oh, no. It looks like an old-time movie poster. She shared it on Facebook and tagged me and a bunch of other people that know me, and the people that know me are all commenting, what the hell is this? Boy, you've got yourself in quite a fix. My dad, or this dad, her dad, again, this is a woman he met online. Mm Mm-hmm. Her dad just bought an 83 organ off a buddy for me to play at the event. He's invited all of his friends. She's telling me that his buddy is in is the drive-time DJ of the small local radio station there, and he keeps doing show announcements for the concert, again, prominently featuring my name as the guy who was the piano teacher to Jeff Giannetti. Yeah. He owns a diner in town and has renamed all of the lunch specials in the show's honor. Oh, my God. Just keeps getting worse. (laughs) And one of the sandwiches at the diner prominently features my name. It's like the crowning event of this man's life. How do I get out of this nightmare? (laughs) What did you... And you haven't even met this woman? Just online. So, is anyone helping out? Well, people are saying this sure sounds like an episode of Seinfeld, you know? This is... Here's here's how people are helping out. Here's some of the comments. You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, the only only thing that could save this guy's bacon is if this guy... The keyboard player himself shows up and plays. I don't think that's happening. Well, I don't think he's got any other options. Here's a suggestion. Somebody says there's only one thing you can do. Show up and fake it. Just hammer on the white keys. Get real weird and naked during the performance. (laughs) (laughs) And when the the show is over, jump up on the piano bench and yell out, Lordy, Jesus, I went all the way out on that jam. (laughs) Then as you swagger out of the church, high-five anybody that looks engaged. 
If you get a second tape, you'll know the second tape, you'll know this girl's a keeper. <laughs> oh boy. Just use the white keys. Oh my gosh. Please help me out here. I I've I've gotta I've gotta figure out how to play piano in a week. <laughs> on the white keys, man. Oh. A giant organ. Uh, again, this is a Grateful Dead subreddit, so some of the suggestions are a little bit more helpful. Uh, this one just says, dose up and go. Sounds amazing. <laughs> Great. Great. You guys aren't helping. Spike the punch with acid. <laughs> yeah, that might be his only chance. Mm-hmm. Make sure everyone has some of the punch. Here's another one. Really the only course of action here would be to reach out to Jeff Chimeni and explain your predicament in hopes that he'll show up and that's, sit in with the band in your place. That's exactly right. And increase your chances of making it with this girl. He's, Jeff seems like a cool dude. Maybe he'll swoop in and save the day. Well, that's, that's what I'm thinking. You got to reach out to him. <laughs> here's, here's another suggestion. All right. You're going to need some plaster casting material and just tell them you broke both of your arms. <laughs> That's good. That's good. <laughs> uh, this, is, this is fantastic. Let's... <laughs> That, that, that's an idea. I would have loved to play for you, but I fell down the stairs and I broke both my arms. <laughs> Thank you for naming the sandwiches after me. Uh-huh. Everyone enjoy the, uh, enjoy the show. Could someone feed me a sandwich? <laughs> How about this? You're Jeff Chiamani's uh, piano teacher, and they're just piano teacher, and they're just expecting you to play a free show in the middle of nowhere. That's pretty presumptuous on their part. Also, you're an important part of Jeff's rehearsal for the upcoming Sphere shows. Just tell them he cannot afford to have you off during these get-laid Bible camp shows at such an important juncture in his career. I'm sorry, lady, but this is the entertainment business. He needs me. <laughs> I'm his teacher. His, you're his piano teacher. He's 55 years old. He would have learned how to play the piano in, like, the mid-70s. Yeah. How does any How of this make this any guy? sense? How old is this guy? That doesn't say. I, I want this to be real so bad. I need to find out what small town has a diner where they're naming all of the sandwiches after Jeff Chiamini's piano teacher. <laughs> In anticipation of the upcoming show happening at the church, don't you know? Is it all over, Rock? I guess so. I didn't think it'd be like this. That was Dave and Darren's Top 5 Things podcast. Listen to us every weekday morning, 5.30 to 10 on Planet 93.9. Thanks to Nature's Treatment of Illinois for making it possible. Yeah, Nature's Treatment has the largest menu in Illinois and offers a wide selection of products for recreational use, including flower, vapes, edibles, and more. And do this. Sign up for your medical cannabis card through leafwell.com, and you'll receive coupons and discounts. Until next time, hang loose, kooks. And you stay classy and safe, Quad Cities. Come on, Quad Cities, representing. This is for the Quad Cities reference spot. Davin Boy, yeah, we keeping it locked. Rock out, come on, and it just don't stop. East Moline, yeah, they keeping it hot. Uh.
Okay, so I'll see you later, huh? I'll give you a call. Hasta la vista, suckers. <laughs> Stand clear of the closing doors, please.